If you could talk to yourself 20 years ago, what would you say? In my case, I would definitely tell myself that you have to be consistent. I feel like consistency is one of the most important things in life, and it's definitely one of the most underrated and not spoken about things. People all the time jump from thing to thing, and I know in my own life, I did way too much of that. And if I could talk to myself 20 years ago, I would say finishing what you start is hugely important. It doesn't necessarily have to be satisfying, but it is very important because it creates a pattern of behavior because you are what you do. So if you do the same thing on a daily basis and it is beneficial to you, even in the slightest way, ultimately it's beneficial to you. And if you're doing something consistently that is not beneficial to you, then as you continue to do it, that becomes who you are. So we have all of these bad habits that we do consistently and we don't do anything to stop them. When what we could do is very easily turn it around and say, with this time, instead of doing this thing over here, like sitting in front of this Xbox, I'm going to instead go read a book, right? I'm going to educate myself on finance. I'm going to educate myself on real estate investing. I'm going to educate myself on cooking, or I'm going to educate myself on a martial art or some sport that I've always been interested in, some form of exercise or painting or writing, whatever the case may be. And so a lot of the opportunities that we get in life, we just squander them away for the sake of comfort. And so all of your accolades, all of the great things that you will achieve, you will achieve them outside of your comfort zone. And the reason why I know this is because when I look at the things that I've actually achieved, all those things came from being outside of my comfort zone. When I was in the military, that was definitely outside of my comfort zone. I had my reasons for being there, like everybody has their reasons for being there. But there were a lot of days that I was there and I was like, damn, what did I do? Why did I sign up for this? Especially, obviously, the first night you're there. You're thinking, what the hell is going on? How did I end up here? Choosing medical school, there was plenty of days where I was like, what the hell did I do this for? But those things that were outside of my comfort zone are some of the greatest achievements of my life. Being a father is continually outside of your comfort zone. But it's also like one of the greatest things of my life. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's come at great cost and sacrifice on many occasions. But you do it because it is a huge achievement. And for those of you who don't have kids, that's a personal choice. But I can tell you, it is a wonderful thing. It comes with lots of ups and downs but it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. So if I was talking to myself from 20 years ago, another thing that I would say is go get yourself a mentor. Go find someone who is further down the road than you in the things that you think of achieving, in the things that you dream about, right? In whatever it is that you want to become. When I was like 19, 20 years old, I was reading books about real estate investing and finance and things like this. I had absolutely no education in these things. I was a high school dropout. 
And so no one ever spoke to me about these things because everyone that I was surrounded with was poor. And I've said before, you're the average of the five people you spend time with. So if everyone around you is poor, guess what you're going to be? More than likely, you're going to be just like them unless you pull yourself out of that situation. So right there, we're talking about being outside of our comfort zone because now you have to take on the task of breaking your social circle, of extracting yourself from your social circle and risking becoming a pariah and gaining enemies or frenemies at the least, right? Having people look down upon you and talk bad about you saying that you're trying to be better than they are, all that kind of garbage. But it's something that's necessary because you need to go spend time with people who are where you want to be. And so you have to find yourself a mentor, whether that's a coach or a teacher or someone in your community or someone outside of your community who is doing things that you're not doing. And when I say community, I don't necessarily mean on your block. It might just be someone in your area. But you need to figure out the things that you want to achieve and then you need to go find out who it is that's doing these things well. And then you need to hound this person. Usually money would solve that pretty quickly, but more than likely when you're young and you don't have a lot of money, you have to go and hound this person. You have to just hang around. You have to offer to sweep the floors and clean the toilets or wash their car or cut their grass. Whatever the case may be, you have to make yourself useful. It's value for value right? So you have to come along just like the karate kid and Mr. Miyagi. You're going to wax on, wax off, and he's going to speak wisdom into you, whether you realize it or not. And that will take you to a better place. And so this is what I would tell myself. Go find yourself a mentor. Another thing that I would tell myself is take your reading more seriously. Like when I was at that age, I did a lot of reading because we didn't really have internet, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have tons of distractions the way we do now. People still found ways to distract themselves, but they weren't as prevalent as they are now. Like you pick up your phone to check something and two hours later you're putting it down and you're trying to get back to whatever it was you were doing. And so things weren't exactly like that back then when I was growing up. And so I would tell myself, get deeper into your reading. Because I would read something, and then I'd go and I'd jump into another topic. But how much better would it have been if I had just gotten really deep on some of these things? For instance, I read some stuff about the stock market, right? Didn't understand a lot of what I was reading at the time, because like I said, I had nobody to orient me and explain a lot of these things to me. I didn't have an internet to just Google a couple of things that I had questions about, right? Back then it was, you had to go to the library, you had to look for the book. You had to figure out if the book was available at the library and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't as easy as it is today to answer what today seemed like simple questions. A couple of years ago, they weren't so simple to answer. You needed someone with experience to explain a lot of things to you. Even though you're reading it in a book, sometimes this stuff just doesn't make sense because you don't have the background to understand what it is that they're actually talking about. I would say... That problem gets solved by you digging deeper. You're not going to find a problem really that you can't come up with a solution to if you study the problem in depth. So I would say go out there and study it more and more. If you read one book on stock market investing and you don't understand what you've read, 
Go read a second book. Go read a third book. Eventually, the time will come when you've read enough books to where it all makes sense. There's very few things that you'll read three books about and you won't understand them fully. One of the greatest things I would tell myself is there's no better time than the present to start investing. Even though you don't have a lot of money, you can be working at McDonald's and retire a millionaire if you start investing early enough and you consistently add to your investment, right? That's not even including the idea of investing in real estate, which will accelerate your growth exponentially, okay? But those are two different areas that you're going to have to educate yourself on. Today, it's super easy. Back then, like I said, you would have had to read a lot of books, but it was doable. Anyone can do this. You don't even have to have the money for the books. All you would have to do is spend a lot of time at the library or take these books out from the library. And let's say you spent a year learning about real estate investing and stock market investing from library books. It would have still been enough information for you to be well-versed and go out there and do these things. But notice I said do these things because that's the big piece is taking that knowledge and putting it into action. They say knowledge is power, but it isn't. Applied knowledge is power. And so I would have said to myself from 20 years ago, go learn about the stock market. Better yet, go get a job on the stock market because you live in New York City. So go get a job on Wall Street. Go be a telemarketer. Work your way up the chain until you become a stock broker. By the time you're 21, 22 years old, you can easily be a stock broker making six figures. And then you can take that money, invest it, learn about real estate investing, and invest some more. And now you have no worries as far as money goes. Now you can just work on yourself, right? Now you can build up to becoming a much better human being at a very early stage, regardless of the fact that you dropped out of high school, that the public school system failed you, and you made bad choices, that you let the weaknesses within the public school system turn you into a failure. Because ultimately, those were your choices. Life is about options and choices. So these are the things that I would go back and tell myself from 20 years ago. Another thing I would tell myself is focus on holistic health. Focus on healing through diet. It's a big deal today. It wasn't such a big deal 20 years ago. And the people that were doing it 20 years ago, people looked at them like weirdos and hippies and things like this. But they were simply ahead of the curve. They were trying to return to a way that man had been nourishing himself for the majority of our existence on the planet. And so we have gotten so far away from that now that we look at it and we're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty popular, especially with the advent of social media when everyone is talking about it. But this is a thing that came into my area and I would read a few books about it, but then I would ignore it. And if I could do it all over again, I would definitely pay attention to it then and incorporate it as a piece of my life then. It would have paid tons of dividends on any number of ways. If you just want to talk about the back pain that you get from being overweight, right? If you talk about all the stomach aches and GI problems that you get from eating the typical American diet. We take it for granted this is just life, but it actually isn't right? And when you eat healthy, when you live healthy, you'll notice the difference. And so I've been on both sides of that fence and I know the difference, right? I know what it's like 
to be the only person who's eating vegan in the household. And then everybody catches the flu and I don't get sick at all. And I've met people who are vegans and who are vegetarians and who have told me I haven't had a cold in 25 years. That's crazy. That sounds crazy because to your average person, most of us will have a seasonal cold every now and then. But there are people out there who don't know what that is because they give their health a high priority in their lives. So I would say go out there and learn about health and put it into practice because it pays much higher dividends than any amount of investing you can do. It's like that old saying where man will waste his health to gain wealth and then he'll spend all his wealth to regain his health. It's a crazy irony and it's really true. We work and we abuse ourselves so much throughout years and years chasing after money, chasing after being able to pay the bills, whatever the case may be. And then later on, all we're interested in is we'd give up everything we have to have our health again, to have a few extra days to walk the planet. And so I feel like we need to try and find balance. And the younger you are and the younger you figure these things out, if you're young and you're hearing these things and you take this advice, you learn about stock investing, you learn about real estate investing, you focus on being healthy, you've got a pretty good life ahead of you, regardless of where you are. Because a lot of these things that I speak of, they are coming from an American geared towards Americans, but there are people all over the world that these things apply to, and it probably over the years will hear these conversations. And so this applies anywhere, right? You can do these things anywhere. There's tons of ways. Like one of the things that I haven't touched on, and I would probably tell myself 20 years ago, definitely find out about this because it existed. And I remember hearing about it from like Carlton Sheets or something, one of these old TV infomercial real estate gurus. I remember hearing about it and thinking, that's absurd. That doesn't work that way. It can't possibly work that way. But the reality is it does. And what I'm referring to is wholesaling. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I'm saying that there are people all around the world who can apply these things that I'm saying. And I know for a fact that there are people in Africa and there are people in Israel and in Europe who are real estate investors in the United States sight unseen. Now, back 20 years ago, maybe it would have been you have to be in the United States to do these things because we really didn't have the infrastructure or the websites or the technology to do a lot of the things that we do today and we take for granted. Something as simple as DocuSign, right? Where you send someone a document and they sign it and that's legal and they never actually touched paper. They just did it on their computer, but it's now a legal contract. We didn't have that 20 years ago. What I'm talking about is wholesaling. And wholesaling is basically you being the middleman between a distressed home seller and an interested home buyer or a real estate investor. And so the way it works is you find someone who has a problem with their home. The home could be it was just inherited. The parents have died off. They left it to this child. The child doesn't live in the state, has no interest in the property, doesn't want to do anything with it, and is just, look, I'm just trying to get rid of this thing. And you find it because it's an absentee owner. You find it through different software like PropStream, or you can go to ListSource. There's a ton of different software out there that help you find people in your area and all across the United States who have distressed properties, or they have tenants and the tenants are really bad, 
or they've gotten sick or one of the spouses got sick or a child's got sick and they can't afford to keep the home anymore. So now they need to get out. So they're in pre-foreclosure or in foreclosure and they need a way out to where they can walk away with some money in their pocket as opposed to losing everything that they've put in. So those are distressed homeowners and wholesaling is a way for you to help distressed homeowners. Notice I said help. I didn't say take advantage of. I didn't say get deals from. I said help. Sometimes that means going in there and helping them move boxes and things like that. Sometimes it means helping them find resources so that they can solve whatever issue it is that they're having in their life that's related to the home. But the point is you're going out there and you're finding solutions for people who have problems with their homes and they're trying to get rid of their homes. And so that's called wholesaling. And the beauty about wholesaling is that when you are first starting out, regardless of your age, regardless of your income, you basically don't need any money and you don't need any credit to start wholesaling houses. All you need is drive. All you need is hustle. And you need drive and hustle for any business that you're going to go into. And the more drive and hustle you have, the more determination you have to win, the more you're going to win. Because in America, there are tens of millions of homes. So if there are tens of millions of homes, let's suppose that it's 10% of homeowners are distressed. You're looking at millions of homeowners who are distressed. We have this whole COVID thing that has happened and we have a bunch of people who lost their jobs and we have a bunch of people who haven't been making payments on their homes. So what do you think is going to happen when the forbearances that they've been getting from the banks start to expire? They'll try and get some kind of secondary relief or a second forbearance or whatever the case may be. But whenever you do that, when the time comes that the forbearance is up, you have to make a full payment on what you've been pushing down the road to pay. And so a lot of people are going to find themselves foreclosed on. And so then that means that if they could find themselves someone to help them unload that house, because they're going to lose it anyway, they could walk away with some money in hand to then go and maybe get into a smaller home or maybe be able to move to another state that's more affordable or just make whatever changes in their life is necessary because they don't walk away losing all of their equity, all of the money that they put into that house. You're giving some of it back to them. And so there is always going to be a need. And especially in a time like now, there's a huge need. Yes, in any industry, there's tons of scam artists. There's tons of vultures, right? Digital marketing gets a huge hit on its reputation constantly because you have all these scam artists continually pushing themselves off as digital marketing agencies and they take people's money and they do crap work if they do any work at all. I'm always very weary of agencies and whenever I have clients and they start to get recognized on Google and they start to be seen in the social media area and all this kind of stuff, agencies come out of the woodwork calling them up and trying to get their money and I tell them, just send them to me. You can forward those calls to me because I know how to deal with them. And you can tell from the moment you're talking on the phone whether or not this person has a general interest in doing good business or if it's just another snake oil salesman. And 80% of them are snake oil salesmen. So every industry has its scam artists and wholesaling also has them. And every industry has people who really don't care about you. They're just scam artists. They'll show you all their teeth. But what they're really looking to do is just take a bite out of your pocket. And so wholesaling has that as well.
The idea here being you don't be one of those people and you be one of the ones who does business the right way, finds a person with a problem, offers them a solution and makes a profit from offering the solution. That's all it is. So I think that about covers the main things that I would tell myself 20 years ago. Lastly, it would probably be family is everything. Family first, right? Hopefully you're blessed with a good family. Every family has its issues. Every family has its toxicities. You have to just make sure that your family aren't the entire social circle that you have. Because a lot of times you can't control that. And a lot of times it's very hard to extract yourself from those types of social circles. But what you can do is set out rules. What you can do is show what's allowed and what's not allowed behavior in dealing with you. And when people won't respect that, you then distance yourself. You don't want to cut family off unless it's absolutely necessary. And sometimes it's necessary. But you can keep your distance. You can spread it out so that it's in small doses that you deal with these people that you grew up with. Okay? That's my opinion on the matter. I feel like I don't necessarily have to cut off family, but I do keep my distance. When I know that they're toxic, I keep my distance. But we're still blood. And when I say family, I'm generally thinking of my immediate family, right? Those closest to me. Everything tastes better. Everything smells sweeter. Everything looks brighter and more colorful when the ones you love are with you and they're able to share in your success. So I hope that was helpful. And as always, have a blessed day.